Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show. We are your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of a multi-award winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. While busyness, addictive doing, people pleasing and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's Let's dive dive in. Hello, welcome to the potty. I am so excited for this very energizing podcast episode today. So today I'm interviewing the amazing Lizzie Williamson, who is the new author of the book, The Active Workday Advantage. And this is going to be a great episode for so many reasons. First of all, I just love Lizzie. She is an energized bunny. We connected first on Instagram. And every time I see her come up in my feed with her bright yellow clothes and her killer smile, I smile too. <laughs> and we're going to really talk about exercise and movement. And it's not going to be the type of conversation that you think when you think about exercise. So we all know. I feel like most of us know that exercise and movement is essential, foundational for optimal health and also from recovery, for healing and recovery from body burnout when you're using movement mindfully, it can help you to heal and to become more energized and to help with your mental health. But even though we know this, it's kind of the same with food and other things, why do so many people struggle to implement daily movement into their schedule, especially if you're someone who works at a desk uh, or maybe you're even chronically ill and exhausted and so tired and your body is so inflamed that the thought of exercising is not top of the priority list. What I love about Lizzie is that she makes moving and exercise so easy and achievable, even for those who are stuck at the desk all day, and also for those who are really low in capacity and vitality. So officially, some official stuff about Lizzie. So Lizzie is dubbed by the US media as the excuse buster from down under Lizzie Williamson is the founder and author of Two Minute Moves, a TEDx speaker, keynote speaker, fitness presenter, and certified personal trainer. She is a regular on morning television and in global news publications with her work featured on Good Morning America, Studio 10, The Today Show, Women's Health and Prevention Magazine. And we actually recorded this episode just after she was on The Today Show this morning. (laughs) So through her fun, interactive keynotes, workshops and videos, Lizzie motivates workforces around the world to integrate micro-movement breaks into their day so that they can be their most energised, engaged and happiest selves. She has got hundreds of thousands of attendees around the world stretching, moving and dancing at conferences featuring President Barack Obama, Michelle Obama 
Ariana Huffington, and the Dalai Lama. Pretty impressive. The Nothing Beats dancing around the kitchen to Taylor Swift with her two teenage girls. So stay tuned for this energizing conversation with Lizzie. Hello, beautiful people. I'm so excited for this podcast episode. Lizzie Williamson, she's a little bit of a famous person on the Today Show this morning, actually. So I'm so excited to have Lizzie on our podcast. And she is the brand new author of The Active Workday Advantage, which if you're watching on YouTube, I have in my hands and you can see it behind Lizzie as well. So... We love to just get really personal with our guests and a lot of people who end up in this kind of natural holistic health space often have come from a place of either like body burnout or some sort of health, mental health issues that got you into what you do today. So are you happy to to chat about how this all started? <laughs> of course. You know, I used to think that what made me someone that people would want to listen to or make me an an expert in something was was that I had always had it all together and that I was I was good I knew exactly what I was doing all the time but a long time ago actually I started sharing a bit of my story and I realized that that was one of the most powerful ways that I could help people feel less alone, feel like, oh, okay, this actually is achievable. This works in the real world. So my story started about 15 years ago and I had a gorgeous little toddler and this little baby and what should have been the most happiest time in my life actually became one of the darkest. Mm. I felt oh my goodness, so dark, so stuck, so overwhelmed, so exhausted, really incapable of taking much action. I had no idea what had happened to this positive person that I once had been. I'd been a dancer, dancing around the world and I'd love to move and that's what I used to do to bring myself joy and couldn't get myself to do any of those things anymore. And I finally got myself to my doctor, which actually really took me quite a few months to do because I felt really ashamed actually that I was not coping as a mum. I felt like, you know, what is wrong with you? You've got these two healthy babies. You've got all everything, a roof over your head, a loving family. Get on with it. Get over it. What's just come on? There's so many people far worse off than you. And I thought my doctor would actually say something like that to me. That's how warped my headspace was. Mm. But, of course, she didn't. And she said to me, what your experience is, is postnatal depression, which I hadn't actually heard of back then. Mm. And she talked to me about my treatment options. But there was something about seeing her acknowledging that something was wrong that made me think, okay, I've, I've got to do something here. And my something I thought was going to be, I'm going to start doing some home workouts. And 
so I remember the next day that I went down and to my kitchen bench and I had a little show on for my girls and I thought right I'm going to to do something here because I used to be a dancer I spent my life on a ballet bar and I thought this kitchen bench could be my ballet bar but it's never that easy to just get into something when it's been quite a while since you've done anything and when you're feeling absolutely exhausted, burnt out, hopeless. But somehow I managed to get myself to do just this one plie, which is a leg bend at my kitchen bench. And this whole 30-minute home workout I thought I was going to do actually was just a couple of minutes. That's all I could get myself to do with these little plies. And it was looking back such a turning point in my life because that was the beginning of this whole change of mindset for me when it comes to exercise that if it doesn't look like uh, what we think exercise has to look like this hour this certain location a certain intensity then so many of us just don't do it that day Mm. it just feels too hard and that was me but I started taking these little two-minute moments. I said to myself, right, tomorrow all you have to do is two minutes. I started to do that the next day and the next and the next. And that led me to having this change of mindset, to realising that I could actually make this a bit easier for myself. Maybe I could help others make it easier for them too because I heard of all these other people that were struggling to exercise because of how they were feeling. And maybe this could be a little piece in the pie of what they needed to help them. So I started sharing it. It grew, it grew, wrote the book, did you know? Did the TV, do, do the things, built this business around this moment. And if you had told me then and there, that I would be here speaking to you, there is no way I would have believed you. I love it. I love it. Before we hit record, we said we were talking to each other and we're like, we're so aligned. And it's like, yeah, we have kind of similar stories too. And I remember when I was at my darkest, far out, if I could go back now and tell that young lady where she would be at almost 40 years old, feeling like probably the youngest I ever have in my life, <laughs> then like it's it's really it's actually quite emotional that you can come from such a state of despair to inspiring people all over the world and what got us here philly it's mm-hmm. those small steps that you talk about in your book mm. that i talk about in my book we think these little small things that we do what's a few push-ups that your kitchen bench going to do But those little small steps, you know, they help you do the next one and the next they start to add up and here you are journeying towards this place that you never thought that you were ever going to get to. Mm, I love it. Now, I so want to dig into all of that before we do, if we backtrack a little bit, because we are on our show in our practice, we're always like, what's the deepest root cause here? What's what's going on? So you had postnatal depression. Um, which is a thing, but what do you feel like in hindsight was the deeper root cause that kind of led you to that state in the first place? I feel like I had this idea of the mother that I was supposed to be. Mm. And that mother was selfless. She was this earth mother making 
beautiful organic pumpkin puree for her children, teaching them the ABCs, making muffins, doing everything for everybody else. So, so happy and joyful at every moment of of motherhood. Mm -hmm. And that's who I thought I was supposed to be. And I wasn't. And that made me feel so bad about myself. So that was a part of it. This other part of it was that I was absolutely exhausted and I was getting up every hour to feed my beautiful little baby who wasn't sleeping. And rather than saying to myself, gosh, this is a lot Mm. and no wonder you're not coping, I just thought, get on with it. Keep going. You've got Mm. to be this good mum. Look around you in the playgroup. Everyone else is coping. Everyone else is having a great time. Keep going. Go, go, go. And so I feel like because I didn't stop, because I didn't ask for help, Mm. I spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that cycle of stuckness too where the physiology is down and then you've got these deeper unconscious core beliefs and expectations of yourself that kind of causes more stress hormones to excrete in your body which is going to affect sleep plus you got a baby that's waking up at night it's yeah it's it's huge Okay, so your way out of that was to start doing some ballet movements at the kitchen table, which I just love. It is so cool. So just everyone knows, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that exercise and movement is good for us. Just in the same way that it's like, you know, McDonald's probably not so good for us. (laughs) Let's eat whole food. (laughs) So we all know we should be exercising and moving for better health but not a lot of people are especially people who are desk um you know desk workers knowledge workers business owners if a lot of the stuff that you do is sitting down whether it's coaching consulting with people on the computer so can you can you dig into some of the research around the impact that sedentary living really has on our health And in your book, there was something where you linked smoking, where it's like, we all know how bad smoking is, but I think you're actually making a link or a metaphor around, well, just in the same way that smoking can cause detriment to our health, so too can sedentary living. Smoking is kind of like demonized now, and you can only do it in so many places. And, you know, you get those packets of cigarettes with the tumors growing on people's faces but that's we don't see that around sedentary living so you can you talk into that yeah the the term sitting is a new smoking was coined by James Levine and he wrote this book called get up and he talked a lot about all the research he was the director of the Mayo Clinic and it's pretty incredible when you dig into the research of this prolonged sitting and how it's been shown to take years off our life. And even if you are going to the gym in the morning, say, or going for that walk at night, but you're still spending the majority of your day in this sedentary stuck position and not moving, that gym, that walk, it's not enough to counteract the negative impact that comes from a lot of sitting. That That's what a lot of research shows. And it's quite fascinating because you think, 
what's wrong with this whole sitting thing? I mean, surely it's okay to be be sitting, but the problem is that when we sit for these long periods of time and we don't get moving, we think about your heart and how it doesn't really have to work as hard and that can lead to a buildup of fatty acids that can clog our arteries. Our metabolism slows down. All this, our body gets tight, achy, stuck, and that makes us so much more susceptible to things like injuries. And there is some crazy research that that tells us that even just taking a little bit of time off your sitting for example one minute every 30 minutes what that does to your mood to your fatigue and even your longevity it's just crazy our bodies and our brains as you would know freely are designed to move to function at their best Mm -hmm. they're not designed to spend these hours and hours and hours and hours of sitting without moving but we think that exercise has to be this this separate thing in our day that we've got the the exercise and then we've got our work but the problem is that when we don't get to that exercise when we don't do it or we are sedentary then we miss out on all these incredible benefits and these amazing things that happen in our body when we get moving and when you talk about the environment that about smoking and how they it changed when it became harder to smoke and Wendy Wood talks about this in her book good habits bad habits Mm -hmm. about the research that she's done on this if you can change your environment that's when you get the big benefits to your habits. That's when you get more success in that in that habit building. So you can mm. look at your environment and how you're working. How do you make it so you can have a less of a sedentary day? Yeah, actually, <laughs> a little, um, what's the word, honesty piece here. When I was reading the book, I'm like, yeah, if I'm being really honest, I do sit way too much, way too much. And I'm not, I don't, um, intentionally add in little bursts of movement so I have changed my environment since reading your book and just real simple stuff like I used to kind of get annoyed if like oh far out the pen's over there or ah the charger's over in that room but now I'm like no this is great because then I get up and I move around and I get the thing it's so good (laughs) so rather than it being annoying it's actually really helpful Mm-hmm. Exactly. And those little moments that you stand up, you you activate your muscles, you get your, your heart pumping a bit more, mm-hmm. all those little moments really do start to add up. And what we know is that, say, we're told we have to exercise for 150 minutes a week, that moderate intensity exercise, mm-hmm. it's absolutely fine and just as effective to break up those minutes to break it down even if you were doing a one minute walk every 30 minutes as a study by columbia university shows how fantastic that is to help regulate your blood sugar levels to help improve your mood it makes you feel less fatigued we think that the little things don't count that we have to wait for the big things and that's simply not true and especially in our work days we can use those little moments of of getting up of having a stretch of taking a walk we can use that to actually help us work better yeah and it's so simple one minute every 30 minutes pretty sure you can do something there 
Um, something I do, and I think I just do it intuitively, but as I was really reading and digging more into the research, I'm like, yeah, this is good. And it's also why I feel good when I do it. But I just do like these weird kind of like dances, kind of like yes. moving my body and it just feels good and flowy and like, you know, my back might be a bit tight and it's like, oh, that's good. But it's kind of cool too that if I do that, something like that, one minute every 30 minutes, my heart health is going to be awesome. Like not only do I feel good in the moment, but I'm actually, I'm preventing and supporting my future self, which is cool. Totally. And how nice that is for your, for your spine, for your mobility. I mean, I love to do those old school dance moves. So imagine that I've got a couple of heavy shopping bags and lean over to one side and lift up the shopping bag and the other shopper bag or start a lawnmower up and down, <laughs> stir the pot in front of me. I do that with a lot of workplaces on their yeah. meetings, do videos for them. These fun moves that, that doesn't feel like exercise, but you're getting your body out of that same stuck position that so many of us spend our days in. Yeah, it's so good. So what would you, what are the signs, signs that someone might be being too sedentary for too long? Well, your body starts out usually by whispering the signs, mm -hmm. doesn't it? The whispers going, oh, feeling a little bit tight in my lower back there. Gosh, my neck's mm -hmm. uh, a little bit achy. Oh, feeling a bit, a little bit yawning, tired, um, can't quite focus and get that, mm -hmm. um, that email to sound how I want it to sound. And then those whispers sometimes can turn into screaming at us. So we want to catch it at those whispers when you get that feeling in your, your lower back, mm. that's probably a sign that you need to move it because our spine can get so inflexible when we do a lot of sitting in that same position without moving. That's your sign to imagine you've dropped a couple of pens on the ground and lean over down to pick one up and then lean over to the other side. Imagine someone's called from behind you and you just look around and twist to one side and twist the, the other way. If you've got that that sign, that little signal that you can't kind of come up with those good ideas, that's your signal that you probably need to get up, take a walk on the spot or walk outside. There's a study by Stanford University that shows that compared to sitting, walking increases creative output by 60%. And those oh, creative wow. juices continue to flow after you sat back down. Our bodies and our brains are constantly giving us cues Sometimes it's that cue of I feel really stressed. And you know, when you feel stressed, you can just feel it there in mm. your body. That's usually a sign. Get moving in some kind of way. If you're in an office, go to the bathroom and just punch it out in front of you and to do some shadow boxing in the air or, or punch a pillow, move your body in some kind of way, roll your shoulders back, shake it off. It's um it's so common that. We hold so much in our bodies. And don't you find that if you dance, you do your funny little dance, you feel a little, little bit better. All these little moves that we do yeah. can help us move through these, mm. these strong emotions that we're feeling. Mm. I know for me, a big sign will be my eyes will feel like they want to drop out of my head, which usually means I've also been maybe doing computer work for too long, but it's a pretty intense physical sensation. <laughs> Yes, that totally. Is, that is so cool, though, because if we didn't get these these niggles, these signs, then like, what if something sinister is actually happening inside of you and you just don't know? 
And so what a what a gift our body gives us to actually just say, hey, something needs to change right now. And how often do we reject the gift of that and think, no, 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 I've just got to get this done because I've got to get this finished in time to go pick up my kids from school or put the washing on. I've got to get this project out. I've just got to go, 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 go. Mm. And even though we're getting these signals, we think that we have to just power on through. And I love thinking about those Formula One drivers when I've been driving, looking at that Netflix show, Drive to Survive, and how they're there on the racetrack. And, and I'm sure they don't want to stop and do their pit stops, and but they've got to do it because they've called to box and they have to change their tyres and fix the engine and Mm. get back on the road because that's how they can get to the finish line and win the race. If they don't do that, they're going to slow right down. They're not going to get there. And it's the same thing for us. We need to take these little pit stops for our own vehicle, which is our body. Mm. And we do actually get to the finish line quicker, even though we think we won't and feeling better and our vehicle is in much better condition if we take those little pit stops in our day. Mm. Why do you think then that people are rejecting these signals? Like it's just like just got to push, I mean, got to push through, just got to keep going. But what's kind of the, what do you think is the deeper reason why people aren't listening to their body? Well, I reject the signals and I wrote the book. (laughs) There's lots of times that I have to remind myself. I think that we feel like that We should just remember to do it. Mm. Uh, We don't think that we need to put any other things in place that that cue should be enough. We feel a niggle, we we should do something. So let's look at how we can actually make it easier for ourselves to to make it a, a habit to not rely on just our memories or knowing that we we have to do it. And mm. so what's what's some other cues that we can put in there? What's a bit of habit stacking we can do? The BJ Fogg habit stacking. So it becomes a bit of a norm. Phone rings, you stand up and just stand up or have a little walk on the spot and that becomes a, a little habit. Mm. After you take a sip of water, you stand up and have a quick little stretch you press send on on an email, you turn your head to side to side to Mm. give your eyes a little break. You have a little reward chart there, a little chart. So every time you do a little something after you do a stretch for your back or whatever it is you do, you take a little cross on that reward chart or put a sticker on it and have that feeling of celebration. Yes, I've done something for me. Set little Mm. alarms to do it. And if that is on your phone, don't have your phone sitting on your desk. Have it away from you or set the kitchen timer or like you do, put things away from your desk so you have to get up and do it. How about we try and make this easier for ourselves rather than just relying on our own motivation or the fact that we need to remember to do it? Mm. I kind of think about sometimes we get clients with very dysfunctional breathing patterns. And so when you're born, if you watch a little baby, they breathe with their belly, their chest hardly moves. But then as we become older and we're running around doing all the things that breathing instead of coming from the belly ends up chest breathing and so and that just becomes the autonomic response it's not normal but it becomes uh, almost like second nature in the same way that sedentary living can become just the way that this is just how I live this is how I move my body and so if someone's retraining the way that they're breathing like pretty intentionally you have to think about actually moving your different body parts 
so that you start breathing properly for maybe like a good month and have those reminders. I feel like it's the same thing too with just like adding in little little bits of movement throughout your day. Over time, it's actually just going to become second nature again because that's we were designed to move. <laughs> Absolutely. I had those post-it notes, those, those reminders. And also I would with that as well, rather than thinking that you have to do it all the time and do it start off by doing it every half an hour or do it every hour. Maybe just choose one little thing in your day when you turn the kettle on for a cup of tea after, you know, when you get up from your work day to 10 push-ups, and, and that's enough. Start with that. Mm, something you say a lot is all or something mindset as opposed to all or nothing, which I feel like fits in with what you're talking about there. So what does all or something mean and why is that the better way of thinking? Whenever I describe this mindset that I remember so clearly being in and I often have to fight against, I was in it when my girls were so little that it had to be this all so exercise had to look this certain way. And mm. if it wasn't like that, if I didn't have the hour and all those things, then I just did nothing. There's no point. And what I started to see was there's so many other people that were in that mindset as well. Every time I say all or nothing in the audience, I see heads nod. Yes, I get that. And if we switch that all or nothing into all or something all of a sudden, we have to break all these rules that we have around what exercise has to look like and think, okay, this little something is actually better than nothing. It's okay. Our bodies, our brains, they don't care about all these rules we've set up about what exercise, self-care, all the stuff have to look like. It just wants us to move. So let's find one little way that we can move, do something rather than nothing. And Two minutes, better than no minutes. Ten seconds, better than no seconds. Because what it does is get you taking a little bit of action. Mm. And as we know, action precedes motivation. And that's when we start to build the momentum. Mm, yeah, we have a few little sayings that I feel like align with that. 1% um, better every day. 1%, yeah. that's not a lot. Like that's tiny. But if you do that consistently, it builds up. And my husband used to own a gym and he would always say to his clients, do the minimum to get the maximum results. So rather than like lifting, doing 10 reps and potentially breaking your back, let's just do eight. You're still going to get, you'll get the same results and it's safer. <laughs> yeah. And we apply that too with self-care. It's like do the minimum to get the maximum results. Like if you're progressing, if you're moving, whether that's physically or metaphysically, it's like great awesome you're doing it perfectly for where you are at right now great <laughs> we want the big things we're looking for that big answer the big magic pill and and it's so easy to discount the small little things I'm not quite sure why we're like that but it's it's so many of us are myself included I had to really work hard in getting to trust in those little things mm. and I think what helps is that if you look at times in your life when something's happened that you're really happy that it happened and if you look back and and go that's because I did that little thing for me it was those little two-minute moments at my kitchen bench mm. and I remember that day that I had my little girls on either side of me up on my hips and and we started dancing and I hadn't danced with them for for months and I looked at Stella 
on one side and I looked at Ruby on the other side and I saw them and I it sounds so strange but I felt like I hadn't actually really seen them mm. for months my little baby my little child and yet here I was I looked them in the eye I saw them I felt like I was back in the present moment with them and that was because of those little small steps I was doing and the ripple effect from those small steps of getting more professional help and reaching out to more people and all of the things. Mm. If you look back and you think, I feel so strong. I'm able to uh, do these things I didn't think I was going to be able to do. I can lift this. I can open up this can of this, this hard thing, pasta sauce, and no one else is here to help me. And that's because I did those 10 push-ups at my kitchen bench every day. And that 10 push-up became 50 each week, uh, became thousands of push-ups. And here I am from that one little moment able to do this thing. Yeah, so good. It's so good. It's not, yeah, it's not just about movement and even physical health. It has this beautiful ripple effect in every area of your life. So if someone's uh, sitting at the desk all day, that's kind of like what they do for their job or business, what, are, what would you say are the three best movements that someone could incorporate into their day? Do something to get your body out of that stuck position. One of my favorite ones, and do it now. Let's do it together now. Right? Just okay. reach. Well, you don't even have to get up off your chair, but you're oh, off it. So I let's will. go. But yeah, you can. Or if you're walking along, listening to this podcast, if you're driving, please keep one hand on the wheel and you're just going to lift up one arm and reach on up and just lean over a little bit if you can. And how lovely does that feel to lengthen out the side of your body and then reach the other arm up. And as you're doing this, you can also think about one thing that you want to reach for at the moment. Oh, what is I like it? that. I yeah? actually got I actually got sleepy. It actually made me want to go to sleep. Oh, beautiful. Your body obviously needed that big stretch. So that's your, that's your back is getting a bit tight and achy. So Mm. what about if you are on a virtual meeting and you're, oh, I don't want to get moving in, in front of anybody. And this is a moment where you can do these really subtle little movements under your desk. So think about your hips, your knees, your legs, your feet. You want to push one leg out and you can do this standing. Just push one leg out in front of you and push the other leg out there and notice how that gets your hips moving that Mm. starts to if you pick up the pace on that one that starts to get a bit of circulation happening you start to get a little bit of energy from that and philly is doing her cool little dance moves and arms there (laughs) knocking things over (laughs) (laughs) exactly so 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 simple but there's so much Mm. you can do with that little move there and then the other big thing that i would recommend to do is try and incorporate some little moments of walking in Mm. your workday if that phone rings and you can hop on up off your chair and take a walk outside if possible but if not don't let that stop you have a little walk on the spot if you're starting to feel a bit sleepy if you're starting to go for that sugary snack or 10th cup of coffee because your energy is dropping how about instead you get on up and pretend the ground's quite hot you want to do it now Hilly? You're sitting back down, but yeah, so you're just going to have a little quick, quick, you're standing, walk on the spot there, little jog on the spot like it's a really hot ground and just put a timer on for 30 seconds, one minute, put on a song that's going to get you, get you moving, walking on sunshine. (laughs) She's going so fast. She's amazing. You should see her. (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, yeah, so that's just a beautiful moment to have a smile, have a laugh, and get your heart pumping. Mm. It's so so simple, but it's like so effective. Yeah, I'm feeling happy. I'm excited. Woo. Um, what about stand up desks? Do you think good, I- good, not good, overrated? I think the thing to remember that it's not necessarily about the sitting or the standing, that it's about movement. So if you were mm. standing all day, which some, a lot of people do in their work days, but they don't get to move, that's not particularly great for your body either. And a lot of standing can also make you feel a bit tired, you get sore mm. feet, all those things. So I love to have my standing desk because I feel like when I'm standing, I do naturally move a bit more. I'll start mm. to have a little wiggle of my hips, mm. kick my legs out, a little sway. twist, twist side to side, a little sway. Mm. Uh, but I also have to wash so I don't stand too much and get some and get some sitting in there as well. And then when I'm sitting to break that up with a little bit of movement as well. I've got my stand-up desk for, for years. I had a normal desk with some boxes. And then I had a normal desk with one of those stand like contraptions that you put on there that helps you be able to stand up so if you've got something around that at least you can pop up on your desk uh, and go right I'm going to take this meeting standing and and have my laptop or my computer if you can a little bit higher Mm. then that's a great thing to do as as well a lot of people have stand-up desks and don't use them and a lot of people have stand-up desks and then still stay in that same stuck position the same principles apply you want to find those little moments that help you remember to take these little bits of movement Yeah, I love it. I think I might know the answer to this question because I feel like we've been talking a lot about this. But if we're thinking more specifically about people who might be really burnt out to the point that their body is just feeling very exhausted, chronic fatigue, maybe fibromyalgia, these, like it sounds like these principles will still apply. So sometimes with clients like this, we will take them through graded exercise therapy, which in a way kind of sounds like what you did to get out of postnatal depression where you're just starting off with like small, small things and over time increasing it. So do you have anything to say in terms of that, especially like some some people, even just a walk around the block, they'll need a two-hour nap afterwards. So how what would your advice be in terms of managing that and moving through that so that they can actually increase both movement to then increase energy? First of all, I would say to be very kind to yourself and that realise that there's only certain things that you can do right now and that's okay rather than beating yourself up about the fact maybe you used to do all these things and now you can't. Mm. The second thing is that even the smallest little thing that you do, you want to celebrate that. Mm. If you... manage to reach your arms on up and have a nice big stretch and yawn and extend your body and then and then bring your arms back down celebrate the fact that you have moved your body given it this beautiful stretch and just taken that little moment whatever Mm. that can be you know the sort of movements that I would love for you to do if you are feeling like that just take some little moments if you're sitting at your desk to do some chair yoga Think about if you were on your yoga mat and the things that you might like to do, but it's just too hard to even contemplate right now. Something like a cat-cow, putting your hands on your knees and arching your back one way and then arching it the other way and moving through those two cat-cow positions. A gentle little twist 
of your body to one side and then a gentle twist to the other side. Little moments like that are still so important, so vital. They still mm. do really count. And so start super small. And if 10 push-ups at your kitchen bench is too much, do one. And yeah. that's brilliant. And that's enough to say to yourself, yes, good on me. Give yourself a high five in the reflection. Give yourself a fist pump because you've taken that little moment for you and for your body. Mm. I needed this conversation about 10 years ago. I used to be free kids, <laughs> kind of like an avid boot camper. And, you know, I could do like 10, maybe, I don't even know how many, 10 pull-ups, which apparently was good. <laughs> 100 push-ups on my toes and then after I had my first baby Poppy I I thought my body could still perform that way and severely injured it at the gym six months postpartum to the point where I heard my back crack they couldn't find anything though and so I was just left with severe sciatica pain and just so much inflammation in my body that wasn't healing but I kind of went from this like super active um, gym junkie type chick to literally not even being able to do a pull a push up on my knees, and that was like I feel like that was more devastating mentally because I was trying to compare myself to what I could do and feeling really down and frustrated and angry. And I definitely wasn't celebrating the small things. I was kind of like, you know, I'd rock up to my husband's gym at the time. I'm like watching everyone else do their CrossFit workouts and, you know, whatever. And then I'd be over in the corner doing my really simple things. And I hated it. I hated it because I felt crap. But I love how you've just spoken about that in terms of like it's to be celebrated any way that you move your body. And if this is all that you can manage at the moment, that's like great. It's awesome. That's right. And even remembering that when you do something for you and even if you don't think it's a big deal, those people that are around you, maybe it's your kids, your family, and they see you doing that little something and they see you going, yes, look what I just did. I just did that. You're role modeling the fact that even taking these little moments for yourself are worthwhile, that you are prioritizing your own physical and mental health, and that if they're ever in that situation where they find they can't do very much, that they've seen by your example that these small little things that, that we do for ourselves actually really count. Mm, I love it. It's so good. Well, thank you so much for this awesome conversation. No, and we're not ending. We can't no, end it. <laughs> well, if there's anything else, no, that we is have to end. Burning I know. desire. Um, <laughs> I could just talk to you forever. So could I. I love it when you pop up in my Instagram feed because you just make me smile all the time. If someone, if you haven't seen Lizzie before, she's always in yellow, almost always, and it's just like reminds me of sunshine and happiness and positivity, and I love it. Um, so if anyone wants to find out more about you, especially if they want to grab a copy of your book, how, what's the best way that people can find you? Yeah, you can just pop into Google Lizzie Williamson, the active workday advantage. If you're an Instagrammer, I really, I love Insta. So you can head over to energize with Lizzie and that's energize with a Z. And if there's something that you 
find is getting in your way of exercise. For example, maybe you have you think, oh gosh, I've got this is my work day. This is what it looks like. There's no way I can exercise or some roadblock that you have. Let me know. Send me a message because I love creating little videos and helping make exercise easier. That is what I'm on a mission to do. So connect with me. Make sure you let me know that you've been listening to this podcast. And uh, yeah, and if you're wanting to read the first chapter of the book, if you head over to lizziewilliamson.com, you'll see a little pop up there and, and you can have a little read and, and and see if you want to read more yeah so good all right I'll be reaching out when I get a little block <laughs> I'm like what fun what fun video is Lizzie gonna create for me <laughs> guess what my most requested workout is what in the car oh yeah right because you can't do a lot wow no, can you, you can share do a little, so exactly a you lot. can do a little something you can do a little something <laughs> it's one of my most viewed like uh, workouts I... I think on youtube uh yeah just little you know oh gosh it's so simple a few little pilates kind of circle arms yeah, when you stop yeah. little little, little um, knee raises shoulder, shoulder back um little neck things uh yeah so maybe not this one where you're looking side to side no, but that you can do that at the red good. lights car workout and then the other most requested one is um the stand up stand up desk type what can you do standing yeah, up cool. at work people want to know what to do in that way so yeah super fun I'm, I'm here for you let's go that's so good um that reminded me when I was at university <laughs> this may be illegal but at the stoplights we'd be in the car with all my friends and we'd all have to jump out of the car and change yeah like actually jump out and we would change seats so maybe don't do that people but you know that would get you moving <laughs> oh look we could come up with a whole bunch of creative ways but that one that's good <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome well thank you so much lizzie and thank you for our beautiful listeners for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode Thank you, Philly, and thank you so much for all the work that you do for all of us. So grateful. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our Ending Body Burnout Assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one -on -one Ending Body Burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have, Have the, the best, best day, day ever. ever. <laughs>